Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans, and I heard she like does stuff at the gym. It's my co-host Ellie Nunn. <laughs> that was such a different tone to normal. Hello. And what are you trying to well, get us more I, highbrow? No, than we, where's our normal, so. like, chirpy, cheery, like, bouncy beginning? Well, I re-listened to the last couple of, of the the last couple of the ones, the last couple episodes <laughs> oh, that I introduced. And it just got a bit Mrs. Doubtfire-y. I felt like they were a bit sort of like, hello, <laughs> everyone. So I thought I'd just bring it back down again. But we love you for it. And the whole clip touching Willie talk and stuff, <laughs> I just didn't know if we were getting too, too lowbrow. And I just want to, I want to make it more BBC Four. And I feel like we're BBC Three right now. <laughs> oh my God. We're not even, B- we're ITVB. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, when did we sink so low? I know. We better just like start saying big words again. Yeah. And I feel like it's ever since we did New Jersey. Like I feel like we've. Slowly, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a side effect just, like, of it, sunk isn't to their it? Level. Yeah, it was exactly. going to happen. Come in. <laughs> so come in. <laughs> I honestly can't say the plural of ingredient anymore. I, the muscularity of my tongue. Ingredients. Ingredients. There's another one Teresa does. I show you the Texas. The, te- the Texas is. There's one. Teresa does this season a lot after Jackie wrongs her, where she's like, I'm glad she's not here because I would have drowned it it did her. <laughs> drowned it it. <laughs> Never change, Tree. We love you. No, we don't. Oh my God, an entire season based over an argument around an analogy. I just can't. We'll get into I it. I know we will, but just ludicrous. I know, madness. But hot news off of the press. I don't know if you've heard it, yeah? No, what? We have a new housewife joining Orange County. And that may seem like a run-of-the-mill little bit of news. Okay. But this one's special. Yeah. This is a... Is it your mum? Returning... <laughs> Good old Sue. She's moved out to Orange County. She's got some new tits and she's got some hair extensions in. She's good to They're go. Like, it's Danielle Staub. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, close in a way. Close? Oh! <gasps> Was I? So this housewife is special. She's a returning housewife, and for the very first time ever, from another city. No. I'll give you three guesses who it might be. Kim from Atlanta. No. Good guess though. She would okay. she would blend in well, yeah. It's Orange County. Lisa Vanderpump? No, we're getting closer though. Carlton? Oh, shit. (laughs) God, I wish. God damn it. Get her a spin-off. Really? (laughs) It's bloody rude. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the one and only Taylor Armstrong is now in Orange County. No. Living her best life. Happily married. Lil Kennedy's all grown up now. Off of the back of her doing Ultimate Girls Trip, ex-wives... Club for Wayward Housewives. Oh my gosh. She's now coming back with Tamra Judge. Kudos to Taylor. Yeah, yeah. How interesting. I wonder whether you know that little bit of insight we got from the book about how they were like, Taylor was the most electric 
housewife in her interview mm-hmm. and then when we started filming it just wasn't there maybe they're still really gunning for that thing they saw in taylor that we never quite saw that's my hope however i i'm assuming you haven't watched ultimate girls trip 2 yet but not th- yet that, when love island finishes i'm gonna get on it we, you must watch it and we must do like a little one-off special just talking about it because it's very good and i think it's you'll find it a vast improvement over the first season because i know you weren't that taken with the first one okay ultimate girls trip 2 is very 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 good and taylor i had that in the back of my head when i was watching her and she was kind of a bit of a wallflower she's not listen comedy's not her thing and i i accept that about her she played her role very ably she just her talking heads were always just sort of like today we're gonna do this challenge and how weird that the show would get her back then on a different like yeah i just imagine because the whole conceit is that the second season were all fired housewives yeah so it was all of them locked in this house like salivating at the thought of coming back to the show when in a way it felt like a bit of an audition and so they were all kind of doing the most yeah and just the thought that Dorinda who obsessively was talking about how she's on pause and how she's going to come back one day and Vicky still haven't come back but then they picked Taylor that is strange (laughs) to be the first housewife ever to cross territorial lines and come onto a different show I mean to be fair they owe her one like they really fucked up with Taylor so I do yeah I I think (laughs) she she deserves it to be in a happier place this time and exactly. I'm really excited to, to see that happen but yeah I just had to tell you about that news Ooh, well what a what a thrill yeah great what do you want to know next um in our list of things that's never what we're supposed to be talking about do you want to talk about Beverly Hills unless something interesting happened on Love Island this week no we're just right at the end it's the final tonight James Ekin, Sue and Davide to win. There's a lot I could say about Love Island but it's not stuff you know about so it wouldn't necessarily be interesting to you but there's been like a lot of there's just a guy that I find super toxic in it. But nope, Ekinso and Davide are going strong. Davide's mum came in and spoke only in Italian and spoke so beautifully that it made the show really highbrow and he cried and I found myself oh. nearly weeping. It was honestly, it elevated it to another level. It suddenly felt like I was in like Cinema Paradismo or something. Yeah. So that was gorgeous and I hope they win. Do you think she was talking to him about pineapple on pizza? And being like, just dump her, dump her. She likes pineapple on her pizza. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's Love Island. Beverly Hills, I watched this morning. Oh, so fresh. Yeah, very fresh. And yet I can't remember a single thing that happened. Lovely. Uh, (laughs) Well, we opened from the cliffhanger the week before where Erica just yells. That went nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely nowhere, which actually made it sadder. It was awful. It was actually like to be continued and then... The continue was just like Crystal... Shuffling off awkwardly. Sort of looking yeah. over her shoulder and then shuffling off. It was like nothing. I know, it's just... And it was like a testament to how little the cast do give a shit about Crystal. And I feel like this is where we need Lisa Vanderpump to come in and like swoop her up in her in her arms and caress her in her bosom. And oh, you're so take her right. to Villa Rosa. And then that'll set up Crystal nicely for next season when she'll be like, I was manipulated. When she'll turn on... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um... Crystal's family Christmas looked the nicest out of everyone's. I I always love it when I wish they did more like New Jersey. I I wanted to spend Christmas in their homes. And, Crystal's actually. Uh, see, I just love watching other people's Christmases so much. No, Crystal's is a house that I think I would most like to hang out in. Very different to Kathy. Her Wickley's kids look way, adorable. adorable. I love her kids, husband. Yeah. Like beautiful home. Great. I like their blended traditions. A little bit of Hanukkah. A little bit of Christmas. So much. It's a bit of. 
best it was gorgeous worlds. and it felt really wholesome mm-hmm. so highlights of the episode i mean highlight of the episode for mm-hmm. me was asha singing uh. um, <laughs> oh holy night and erica just not being able to give him the moment and the also especially the bit when she was like hit that high note hit and the high note hit, hit it bitch i know he optioned he down and i was like I was like, oh my God, that's so upsetting. That must be awful for him that she said it just before he wasn't hitting the high she note. She fucking psyched him out. And then she was like, I'll take the baton. No well, no <laughs> That's how you do it, bitch. <laughs> I found it tragic. I went through such an emotional roller coaster during this whole scene because immediately when Asha started singing, I started laughing and rolling my it eyes. It took you right back to Kennedy's <laughs> birthday party, didn't <laughs> it? He he doesn't look dissimilar to that guy, does he? Oh fuck, what's his Very name? Very ace ace young. Vibes. Ace young. Ace young. You make every day every a birthday, birthday to me. I thought this was going to be like a big comedy moment and the goofy music would play and we get like a catty talking head from Garcelle. And then suddenly it cuts to everyone crying and Lisa Rinna being like, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. To be fair, it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. It gets song, me every time. But it's like, it just... fall on your knees. Even Ridian singing it makes me cry. Ridian. <laughs> Ridian, great niche reference to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know, <laughs> you know. to like 15 yeah. years ago. Anyway. <laughs> Um, um, but if you I know, very you know. much felt so. Um, it, yes, I was just very shocked that it was getting the reaction that it did, and I felt like on another housewife show there would be like one person like rolling their eyes or being like, "What yeah. the?" So imagine the kinship I felt with Erica when she just nominated herself <laughs> as backing vocalist, and just it felt very Norma Desmond as well. This I don't know, she just felt like this sort of forgotten star with this delusional sense of talent, being like, "I used to be famous once." It's very I was adored once. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, let me tell the youngsters how it's done. Doesn't anybody want to take my picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was like a lovely callback to way back when in season three with David Foster playing the piano and Taylor, so all roads lead back. Yes. Wanting to sing along and him really putting Very his foot down. Very David Foster shushing everyone. Yolanda would have shut that shit down so quickly tonight. <laughs> so awkward. I mean, we're not making an album, David. I lost you again. I know the connection's not great today. I don't know why. Did you say anything that you needed a response to? Uh, nothing of importance. No, no, no. You barely give me a response 80% of the time, James. It's fine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I set them up, you give the punchline. For lines. anyone who doesn't I... know, I criticise I criticise James all the time because James is a really silent laugher and I'm a really loud laugher. And so it, all the time on the podcast, it sounds like James isn't responding to anything I say because he like moves away from the mic and laughs silently. It's not a podcast laugh, James. So you all know at home, I'm beaming from ear to ear every time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, So yes, that was Asher. What else happened in the um, episode? Well, my highlight was, that was my second highlight, the one we just spoke about. My first highlight was... um, He says, holding up two fingers. (laughs) My first highlight, (laughs) thanks for outing me. This is a podcast, remember, as you like to just say just now. <laughs> My favourite was Erica talking to Kathy Hilton, apologising for not being at the wedding, as if she was on her deathbed. Oh my God. It was like, tell Nikki I know. and Paris, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to bring I didn't want to bring shame. The fucking, shame. the fucking scarlet letter to Paris, isn't it? I don't want to do that for your daughter. Look at me. Look, look at me. Look at me. I don't want to make shame of something that should have been so 
Beautiful. She looks so beautiful. beautiful. We're talking about Nikki Hilton. (laughs) (laughs) And Kathy's just sat there, just blinking, completely dumbfounded. I know. And it's just, I've said it before, but we're so inured on these shows to women going through the theatrics of hysterical crying and not a single tear comes out. But here, Erica was, she was crying real tears. She's got her Margaret Thatcher voice on. Yeah. The emotion was very real for her. And it was about Paris's wedding, of all things. Yeah. First of all, I love that she made the Scarlet Letter reference. Like she came with her own literary reference. She did the job for us. And it was a very stage worthy performance. And I think it was that combination of the tears flowing very freely with this sort of quiet stoicism, as if she were Hester Prynne. Yeah. She's this shamed woman who's just suffering (laughs) with this sort of quiet dignity where she really believes her own strife. So I have to applaud her for that. Followed up beautifully when Garcelle comes up and she and Diana have a sort of little heart to heart. And Diana's like, Garcelle, I can see in your eyes that you like me. And Garcelle's basically like, "Mm, yeah, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it was so good. That and also Kathy meeting Cherie and definitely thinking it was Garcelle or like thinking it was some one else that I, she'd met yeah. before. Or Kyle. Or Kyle. Who knows? I thought you were Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> what else happened in this episode? Um, some boring B-plot with Dorit and PK that I couldn't care less about. Uh, we had Rinna giving a sort of mini intervention to Erica. Yeah, that was fine. My highlight of the episode was actually when Sutton, when the producer said to Sutton, have you ever considered friends with benefits? I felt very seen when she was like, no, all my friends are gay. I don't think <laughs> I they'd want their benefit. <laughs> Everyone thought of me. It was literally just like, what friend? Like, that's not the benefit that my friends want from me. My benefits want my humour. <laughs> I mean, what were the practicalities of Sutton filming? Wow, your voice went so high just then. <laughs> <laughs> My um, Mrs. Doubtfire voice came back out again. Yeah, exactly. Hippies on the weed, uh, <laughs> But what were... I, I'm so fascinated by this, this date that she has with... Is it Sanjit? Is that his name? Yeah. Where yeah. I just... What are the practicalities to it? Because she's very similar to Tinsley on a date in general. But at least when Tinsley went on a date, it was that kind of spontaneous drunken date in Miami where it was clear that a PA was hid in the bushes with a GoPro filming Tinsley from afar. Whereas this was a yeah. a properly curated, lit, mic'd yeah. scene. And I just think that's a very risky move to make for Sutton. You've got to be serious about someone to get them to sign a release, have the production company reach out to you, yeah. get call sheets from them, get mic'd up, get all the lighting on. That's a that's a lot for a second date for yeah, anyone, much right. less Sutton, who's yammering on about her. What she she was like, I, I'm itching because of my my hypo theoretica. <laughs> what? I don't know. Sutton, this can't be your best work. Come on. Oh, yeah. Beverly Hills is really scraping the barrel of storylines this season. Nothing's really happening. Well, I think we're going to suddenly have, for all my talk about how I feel like Erica's a bit of a kindred spirit of mine at the moment, I think that's just the pretentious hipster in me wanting to always be the contrarian. But it seems very nice that in the latter half of the season, Erica's going to go on her rampage about, you're siding with the victims because you think it's cool. Oh, yes, that's true. I look forward to that. So hopefully we've got a lot to look forward to. I know. I'm going to also, just Erica and Garcelle's scene at the end, where Erica suddenly gives mm-hmm. Garcelle a warning about Sutton and thinks that she's a liability mm-hmm. or whatever the word is. I'm going to go all Caroline Manzo here and predict that by next season, 
Garcelle's going to drop Sutton as a friend of the first chance it's advantageous to do so. Ooh. You heard it here first. <sighs> I don't know. I... So. Oh, sorry. You don't no, want to know sorry, why? you wanted to expand on that. No, I don't. No, sorry. Know why. sorry, I just. <laughs> No, I do. I just. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I thought that was you being like, and I leave that there. And see, no. Sorry, I tell me why. Tell me why. I really like Garcelle, but I do think out of any of, I feel like the Kyle and um, Erica and Rinna and Dorit circle get a lot of hate, and I kind of admire them in a way, even though I really agree with them that they seemingly don't really care about what the audience feedback is they're quite happy to kind of carry on doing their thing whereas i feel like garcelle out of all of the housewives on beverly hills she's probably keeps her ear closest to the ground in terms of listening out for public opinion Mm. and following accordingly i just remember thinking in the denise season i think garcelle's first season on the show she was quite quiet and sort of let the whole Mm. denise thing go on but only really spoke out in the talking heads which are filmed after the fact and it just always made me think maybe she kind of cottoned on because by the time they're filming the final confessionals, the season's already started airing. Yeah. So maybe there was like a bit of a change of tune. And there was like a lot of that energy in the confessionals and the reunion, but not in the show. Yeah, maybe you're right. So I just think she's very astute. And I think Garcelle could maybe be surprisingly mercenary. And it wouldn't surprise me if she kind of switched allegiances. Interesting. If the tides of popular opinion turned against Sutton. Which I think could happen with Sutton. I think Sutton, you know, she puts her foot in her mouth all the time. And I think it's a matter of time before she makes one too many references to different kids of our races in the pool. (laughs) And then people (laughs) sort of tire of it. A beautiful, perfect world. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So, just because I've got about three brain cells to put together this week. I thought you were going to say because I've got 3% left on my iPad and I was going (laughs) to hit the fucking roof. (laughs) So I'll take those three brain cells and I'll run with them. (laughs) Thank you for showing up fully charged. Oh, (laughs) I'm trying. No, I know. No, you're, you're very busy. What season is this? Season 11? This is season 11. So this is... Season 11, the one where COVID's just happened, but they ba- it like barely registers. COVID's just happened. Danielle's left the show. Tragic. The cards haven't exactly been dealt in the women's favour. But despite everything, mm-hmm. the season premiere is probably the most explosive opening episode of New Jersey since the baptism brawl all the way back in season three. It's a very very good premiere and the first half of the season is so strong and was really compelling and I got through it so fast and then it did take a bit of a nosedive it's such a nosedive that's the thing much like season three it really peaks at the very beginning and then it's like a slow like Mm. descent down before we get to the big explosive analogy fight I just feel like we should mention just because we haven't really mentioned him a lot is the fact that Teresa's father unfortunately passed away before the season started filming and even though his turn was very sudden i think seeing him yes yes i get very giggly talking about death and you're talking so seriously right now look it's no i was gonna do a nono impression in just a second oh no don't count your chickens just yet i've got I've got a real thing. When people talk suddenly very seriously about something, I get very, very giggly. It happened when um, 
our friend Freddie was telling me about his grandma dying and I honestly, it was awful. I just got the giggles right in his face. And then a few days ago, in we were in uh, the theatre and someone in the cast was telling me just really seriously about how he has a condition where sometimes like he loses function of half his body on like, <laughs> and about how like he's had to go to the doctor's loads about it and I couldn't stop laughing. And... Then a second later, he was saying this other girl paid the cast was really maternal. And I was like, am I really maternal? And he was like, you just laughed in my face when I told you that I have a condition where like my body stops functioning. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so would you, if I were to drop dead in your company, would you step up to the plate and call an ambulance for me? Or is it more just like a reported of death? Of course I would. I don't find death funny, but people, it's, I find people suddenly talking very seriously about something does something weird to my insides where like I can't cope with the sudden change of energy and you were just talking so seriously just then it was very yeah you give right. a lot of oof energy ten siblings ten siblings sadly ten lost their siblings um, anyway right um, sorry you were saying about nono i just saying even though teresa frames it as like it was a very sudden turn i think for all of us it wasn't exactly a surprise because for it many was, years we now, were waiting he's i mean been slowly sure. wasting away and his breathing has just been like stressing me out for the last three seasons no i yeah i just feel like for the last three seasons he's just this sort of ghost shuffling around boiling octopi you know i see your family number <laughs> Just say no more. No sick. I inside. Oh yeah. Oh no, that bit is sad. But like, also, yeah. My wife. (laughs) Also, he's constantly just like. (laughs) My wife. (laughs) (laughs) He's constantly just sat there, like. I'm just like, oh my god, put the man on a ventilator. Just like chugging hot sauce and he's got these like little thimbles of red wine and yeah. So yeah, he's been stressing me out for a while. It's just sort of, it feels like after his wife died, he sort of died in spirit, but just remained on this mortal earth and body. And I'm glad that he's now been reunited with Antonia. But a very morbid part of me can't feel (laughs) Ellie stop. (laughs) So sorry. Guess, guess who's off the list Carry of on. giving a eulogy at my funeral. Right. <laughs> see. Hey! Let's see how it is. People like a bit of comedy at a funeral. <laughs> Ellie, it's just you and like two other people. I'm, you're going to be spinning <laughs> plates or something. I don't know what you're going to come up with now. Anyway, oh, I just I think, that you think I it's a very... Plates. The fact that um, you're multi-talented. <laughs> Triple threat. I, um, I just think that the slow deterioration and then eventual... <laughs> death of nono it feels somehow like a very literary way of signaling teresa's separation from her old school roots i think that coupled with divorcing joe Uh uh-huh and she's now suddenly for the first time there's no male figure in her life there's this newfound Uh sense of autonomy and while in some ways it forces some much needed growth out of teresa in other ways she's the worst she's ever been in her life yeah aka evan's birthday party 
Yeah, it really is a, a foul start. I've never been so frustrated but laughed so much at something in Housewives. It's like the most hilariously transparent, ham-fisted attempt at spreading a rumor that was clearly made up five seconds before. And it just consists of Teresa, half in the bag, going up to Melissa and subsequently every other person at the party going, I heard Evan like does stuff at the gym. He does stuff. And then for good measure, just, yeah, saying the same thing to literally everyone else apart from Evan and Jackie. And it's like, Teresa, come on, you've been doing the show for long enough. You should be better at this by now. She's awful. It's also just like, it's why I messaged you. It's the first time in ages that I've messaged James about the show. I, I think when back when we were in all the lockdowns, I was like messaging at every key moment of every series. And now I can like barely, I'm sort of trying to squeeze in time watching the show in the first place but even this I was like messaging James about the party and just about also the subsequent episodes where her not just hypocrisy after her experience around rumours and I mean I know it's we we say this every week with Teresa but she's just like the most infuriating person on television ever but also like her trying to spin it as looking out for Jackie immediately is one of the most like insulting it's outrageous it's outrageous exactly no you're right and it's like when the whole thing goes so quickly is like i i I will want to know when you want to know it's like but the whole you didn't tell her you told everyone but her that's the whole point exactly absolute ignoramus you're right and everyone's very quick to point out but also you didn't want to know no, they. <laughs> when your husband was cheating. The editors remind us as soon as Kim D lets Teresa know, Teresa's like throwing a chair at her at the posh fashion show, telling her what a piece of shit coke whore she is. Uh huh. After 11 years, I can categorically say that whatever position Teresa has taken in any given year, you can probably delve into the archives and find her taking almost the exact opposite stance whenever uh-huh. it benefits her. And that's what really pisses me off about Teresa. And it's why the Trump comparison is not a lazy one to make. Teresa is incredibly pig-headed, but she's not even pig-headed to any moral code or tradition in the way that someone like Dolores might be. Just to whatever suits her. Dolores is pretty obstinate Mm -hmm. as well, but she really sticks to her her value system. Whereas... Yes. I could have maybe given Teresa the benefit of the doubt before this and assumed that Teresa... That would be one thing she would hold constant on is the sanctity of marriage and she knows how hurtful it is. But she completely pisses all over it. And the only true concept of loyalty she has is to her own best interests. It's really quite striking. A hundred percent. It's it's foul and she's just vile. What really bothers me, it's bad housewifery, especially from someone with such a long tenure as Teresa, is that you need to be specific when it comes to a rumour. We need names, we need little quirks. These are the things that make it stick. So Leanne on Real Housewives of Dallas said that Carrie's husband gets his dick sucked at the roundup. I know the boys who did it. <laughs> That's how you make a rumor stick. A better housewife <laughs> would have phrased it like, oh, I heard Evan gets his dick sucks at the Tenafly Crunch Fitness. It's the names and the places. There's like a, a poeticism to it. There's a rhythm that makes it bouncy and it sticks in your head. And there's none of that. You also can't on TV say, I heard it, and then be like, I'm not saying who I heard it from when it's not someone else in the group. So it's not someone we care about where it's like, I'm not saying because it's Jen or mm-hmm. whatever. You're like, I'm not going to say who it is because it's like Lola from back. like who cares yeah. you can't introduce something on the show and then be like no I'm protecting someone like that 
Protecting someone doesn't exist if you're doing that. It's such a housewife's trope, isn't it? They always introduce a rumor, I hate and then it. it's like I can't say she like it's someone that gets the no. hair done with the same person who does my hair or whatever it is, and it's I hate like it. just say it's a producer or say that you just made it up. In this case, Teresa, you just made it up. Exactly. I don't know if it's as black and white as they make that Teresa fancies Evan, but I do think that jealousy is a big part of Teresa's motivations mm. at this party, and I think it may be part to do with the fact that she suddenly doesn't have any man in her life i feel like the editors play up to it when jackie's giving this speech about how much she loves evan at the party and she's kissing him the camera keeps cutting back to Teresa as she's sipping a little drink and she's staring down this happy couple with her dead blank eyes and and you can like hear the cogs whirring in her brain these dusty cogs of hers where she's like struggling to think of something anything and like i heard evan like does stuff at the gym it's like that's the best you could come up with and it's not even like with each person she tells she like adds a new detail to it and refines it in some way nope. it's just this rote repetition of i heard evan does stuff at the gym use your words Teresa. god damn it those are like the only seven she has so exactly she's reached her maximum of syllables for any one sentence so literally she's at- like unless there was cooking involved or some ingredients ingredients that was, please that was it that was as far as sorry okay. my bad it's shocking that the rumor even gets any traction it's such a piss poor attempt at shit starting and i feel like the only reason it goes anywhere is less craft and skill and more just sheer persistence and the fact that even when all of the women tell Teresa off for starting trouble <laughs> Teresa immediately just scurries off to dolores the last person she hasn't told and it's like i heard evan like that stuff <laughs> at the gym it's like <sighs> also calling it back to the baptism brawl it feels very season three all over again that opening scene where it's like Jackie's the new Melissa and she's like running around in a little pink dress and she's being very giggly yeah, and yeah. like she's a bit tipsy and she's like leaping up into Evan's arms and kissing him and she's being like thank you Jesus <laughs> completely unaware that Teresa with like her long black mane is like running around the party trying to destroy her life in real time <sighs> quite the opener quite the opener and it gets worse when Jackie finds out off camera through a friend who was also at the party Mm -hmm. obviously because Teresa told everyone at the party and Jackie and Teresa meet at Margaret's house um, because it's a neutral space and they can talk it out and Teresa this is just another classic example of Teresa being very belligerent and inviting an argument in which there's a huge gaping hole in her her logic and it's like pointing (laughs) The biggest laugh I've got for you all season. <laughs> Logic. <laughs> it's a very Teresa thing to say, like you'd only ever seen it written down. Logic, <laughs> is that? Oh, Going to blow a, a gasket. Is that what she says? <laughs> I'm going to blow a gasket. No, a casket. No, oh. she fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> move on but yeah you're right it's so the whole thing when she like uh, Teresa immediately comes in and she's like well woman a woman when you want me to tell you and it's like yeah but you didn't tell her you told everyone but Jackie that's the point it's so insulting if you're not strong enough to hear it I would want to know I would want to but I did hear it I did hear this thing and like it just I totally get why Jackie's trying to appeal to her empathy. And yet again, it's like trying to appeal to Teresa's logic. You're not going to get anywhere with empathy because she doesn't care if you're crying in front of her. That then just becomes like you're weak, you're emotional. I'm not like that or whatever. The only way to win with Teresa is to suck up to Teresa, which of course Jackie's not going to do because she's furious with her. So she's screwed from the start. Yeah. Like, Well, Jackie ends up... It's... Yeah, sorry, Karen. Well, it's just like if it was Danielle, maybe she'd be able to come in and be like... 
because I'm not as strong as you, Teresa, right. or whatever. Where then Teresa might be like, "You can be weak so in a sycophantic right. I way." That. I am yeah. so strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't sit there and cry and be like, "Please, just make it better." Teresa's just going to be like, uh, uh. "Teresa really does just play by her own rules." And in the same, another reason why this rumor thing is terribly executed is that another housewife would have done that housewifey thing of, if you're going to spread muck about someone, that's fine. That's just part of the show but you if you want to bring it up on camera mm-hmm. you would bring it up to their face and be like i've heard this thing that's happening um i just want you to know from me and i'm looking out for you but really i'm just using this as an opportunity yeah. to get it out there on air under the guise of concern yeah. Teresa doesn't even do that and yeah you're so right Teresa's keep she's she's really being provocative she gives these invitations to jackie to be like well, if you know you're not a stupid girl, just stand up for yourself. And of course, as soon as Jackie stands up for herself and responds to that invitation, Teresa can't take yeah. it. And she runs out of the room calling Jackie the C word about 50,000 times. But that's why this whole season, I actually find it quite hard to talk about this season because I find Teresa so infuriating that I can barely, it's like barely worth talking about because I know that that defeats the point of the podcast. But like, because exactly like you say, like she invites her to stand up for herself. And then the second that Jackie uses logic, Teresa's so dumb in this season that it and it drives me mad and like watching her call everyone and be like she said Gia did coke in the bathroom it's just like the most infuriating so and also it's kind of infuriating seeing everyone's response even when they find out it is an analogy being like you can't use analogies with Teresa it's like no someone demand Teresa get brighter I think actually everyone gets a bit caught in the weeds debating the mechanics of analogies and how you rhetorically introduce them because it's, it's I think it's slightly missing the point because I know Teresa didn't realize it was an analogy but also Teresa's really thick she wouldn't know if it was an analogy even if Jackie said oh by the way I'm going to use an analogy now yeah I think any other reasonable person obviously would know it's an analogy however right. I also do think any other reasonable person would wince at their child's name being invoked in such a way even if it's a hypothetical what I feel like Jackie's doing is that she's not arguing on logic. She's responding to Teresa's gameplay and going, if you want to get down and dirty with me, I can go even fucking lower and I'm going to fuck with you and hurt you. I know. She's trying to say, like, do you feel how that would yeah. hurt? If I said, do you feel, do you understand how hurt I am? By, uh, like, yes, I agree. But I also feel like I have no sympathy for Teresa. I'm just like, she has every right to do that, I think. Oh, of course, completely. Yeah, I'm completely on Jackie's side. But also, it's like, you can't be surprised. I think any reasonable person, if I had a kind of heated debate with you, and then I had a hypothetical child, or like you made an analogy about my mum being a prostitute, I'd be like, (laughs) don't talk about my mum like that, please. Like, I, I understand objectively... It's an analogy. I'm not stupid, but like, don't talk, don't just don't talk about my mum being yeah. a prostitute, please. I'd rather you didn't. Like, I get like, just as any parent would like wince at their child being brought up in that way. I don't know. I, d- I don't. I just think that they're kind of, it's, it's I a don't waste. Know. Maybe I'm being really obtuse, but I think if you and I were having an argument and I made a comparison with one of your parents, you'd understand that I was making a comparison. No, I would, but also there's like, I'm a human being with emotional connections to my parents and I know objectively what you're trying to do in a rhetorical sense but also there's just like a base like emotional connection to my parents that would maybe supersede that in part i I just feel like jackie's wasting her breath trying to argue how clear or not clear she was being about using an analogy i kind of wish in a way she was just like yeah i fucking said it to hurt her and it got the job done because she was a a twat to me and i thought i'd be a twat back to her i I fought fire with fire and Teresa can't take it although i feel like she does kind of do that exactly no i think it's 
I feel like Jackie's responded to my notes from a few weeks ago and she's really, <laughs> by getting messy and going lower than Teresa, it's really catapulted her arguing style from something quite humorless into something very yeah, TV yeah. worthy. So well done. Yeah. So that whole section's really good. And I think that Teresa's then continued like, everything she says about Jackie. And it's just very Teresa to spend the next few episodes saying like the most horrible things possible and always going as low as possible with Jackie and coming up with every way to turn it on her and be like, well, you're just a really weak woman or you clearly don't want to know that your husband is cheating on you or da 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 whatever. And then ultimately in two thirds into the season, just be like, yeah, I'm really sorry. And now it's all done. And I feel well, really I... awkward that Evan's here. And for it just to move on, it's just so Teresa. On the one hand, after Jackie says, okay, well, I heard that Gia snorts coke at parties. I don't know where I heard it, but I heard it. And then Teresa walks out talking in Morse code. She's like, beep, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, it really reminds me, there's like a great fight on Real Housewives of Melbourne where one of the housewives spreads a rumor that the new girl used to be a stripper and then the new girl gets her own back by going, okay, well, I heard that she fucks for heroin. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> such a, an extreme place to go to. But yeah, after Teresa runs out calling Jackie the C word and Jackie's like, I win, I win. And in a way... <laughs> Jackie does win. I feel like it's that thing of she's won the battle, but she hasn't won, won the, war. the war. I feel like she's kind of signed her own death warrant because Teresa, it's how she survived this long. Teresa's never on the right side of history. She's never on the right side of an argument. She'll never best you rhetorically, but just through sheer brute force and determination, Teresa's going to win by default. So, yeah. And Jackie kind of squanders any momentum after that initial fight by imposing herself into exile and not going on this group trip. But do you not think, I I thought Jackie, would, I didn't think Jackie was saying I win the argument. I read that as Jackie being like, I win because my husband loves me and I have a family and I oh, have the things that right. you're jealous yeah. of. And therefore that her exile was, I don't need this show. I don't need to be a part of this because ultimately I love my life. Yes, completely however you're arguing on integrity which is something that doesn't register with Teresa <laughs> yeah in many ways it was like a macrocosm of Caroline's fight with Teresa in Napa where Caroline technically bested Teresa but she was so exhausted from the fight afterwards that she had to withdraw to her yeah. room and immediately she burst into tears whereas Teresa more or less yes. just like brushed yeah. it off and was just like ready for round two yes. you know and was like fucking bitch and that was it I think it's very dangerous if Jackie's perfectly happy just living with her husbands and kids, then great. Then she has one in life. If she wants to stay on the show, but with it's the a show, dangerous yeah, move yeah, yeah. because exactly. she's probably the housewife with the least amount of clout. She has the shallowest roots in the cast. I think she's probably the easiest housewife to get rid of without affecting the dynamic as a whole. And here she's intentionally cutting herself out of proceedings and giving the floor over to yeah. Teresa, as you say, to write her own narrative of like, I was just being a good friend. Like, and I know when you want to know. And then of course she gets off scot-free because everyone is so tired and jaded to reason with her that they've realized it's a waste of time trying to argue based on logic. And so she spends the rest of the trip spitting on Jackie's name whenever it comes up, coming out with some like hilarious one-liners where she's like, I'm going to slice her and dice her with my tongue. Like if she was here i would have rolled her harder than she rides her husband it's like Teresa, this doesn't have the effect you think it does like what are you gonna do shag her to death it's such a... <laughs> not to be crude but i definitely think she's receiving cunnilingus for the very first time from louis she's always going on about how pineapple makes your vagina taste sweet and she's like like non-stop her voice is in that really high register i can't get to when she's like when you like someone you want to lick them up and down and it's like what 
Shut up. <laughs> She's a complete tyrant on that holiday. She, it's like being in a court with Caligula. She's just like this horrible, childish, psychotic Roman emperor, sexual deviant. It's awful. Who would like subject Jackie to death by cunnilingus. It's just like... Just this, like handing out sex toys. It's awful. She's a tyrant. She's awful. So yes, before we get to the big blow up at the Jersey Shore, I just want to... Yes. Focus briefly on this redo of Evan's birthday that Jackie does. Yeah, it's quite tragic. It's so tragic. And like, he doesn't want it. It's one of those things, and it happens all the time on the show, where I'm sure he was really pissed, but the more that Jackie talks about how pissed he was or upset or like it ruined his birthday or I've never seen him that upset, the less I believe that he was that bothered. Mm -hmm. I can kind of imagine him being like, what the fuck? That's ridiculous. Of course that's not true. Moving on. Right. I mean, I'm sure it was worse than that, but I kind of wish, you know, when it all becomes, I'm over it, it's he's the one you need to apologize for because he is so, when it was all like, he is so mad and then he turns up at the Jersey Shore and he's just like, hey, and he's like completely fine. And I just think it, it's a real trope that happens all the time on these shows, where whether it's the partners or whether it's like, well, you need to apologise to my kids because my kids are very upset or whatever, and the kids are completely yeah. fine. I don't like when people use other people as mm-hmm. the reason that someone should say sorry. I'm like, if you're upset, you should just be like, you really upset me. It's completely. It's just such a good step forward for Jackie as a character on a TV show. I think she's really embracing her yes. inner lunatic here. Throwing a redo of a birthday party for her husband who doesn't give a shit. At all. Saying, I don't want to talk about the rumour. Spending the whole party talking about nothing but the rumour. Talking about the rumour. Pressing rumor. each attendee yeah. as they turn up to individually say to Evan's face that they don't believe the rumour is psychotic, but also <laughs> hilarious behaviour. Like any more intense, Jackie would have been handing out pieces of paper and a pen, making them all write down an individual <laughs> character witness for Evan's behalf. And it's like, Jackie, just oh, chill. It is... So, so funny. Good. So yeah, then we get to the Jersey Shore and <laughs> gaslighting is an overused term, especially when it comes to discussions about Bravo. And I'm going to overuse it here as well. Mm-hmm. But Jackie ends up having a nervous breakdown by the end of the night. And I can't help but feel like the whole process has been hurried along substantially by Melissa and Margaret tag teaming being like, Jackie, you okay? Are you going to cry? Oh my God, it looks like you're going to cry. Everyone, Jackie's going to cry. We need to protect Jackie. Jackie, Jackie's <laughs> broken. And then Jackie spends the whole night being like, guys, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just please, no. I'm like, no, you're going to cry. You're going to cry. It's such a, <laughs> Jackie's such a shell of her former self in this scene. She's like, all shriveled and hunched over like her her eyes have that perpetual puffiness to them of someone who's just been crying non-stop yeah and her hair's just getting like progressively frizzier as the night goes on it's just a really sad sight to see it's generally just such a good scene because so many different arguments happen in one night i think it's one of the best dinners of new jersey oh so good there's like four arguments happening yeah, yeah. Dinner. it reminds me of the cartagena trip you know where there's luan saying like she's starting with dorinda and luan yes, and then you, like, like think you're on one and then it's like exactly you think it's Teresa and Jackie and that goes so far and then Jackie says did you learn that in jail yeah did you learn that in prison (laughs) very Aviva (laughs) oh yeah so then Teresa's arguing with Joe and Melissa for not sticking up for her Joe and Melissa then lose their shit because they're like you're asking us to stick up for you but you never stick up Mm -hmm. for us on anything which is absolutely true and it just goes to show it's just this endless thing with Teresa of I demand blind loyalty I don't owe anyone anything 
everyone else, she's like, I'm not fighting their battle for them. I'm not getting involved. I'm not being a part of that. Right. Anything to do with her. She's like, how dare you not of stick course. up for me in front of everybody? Of course. Melissa has the most wonderful reaction that just sums up, I think, where we're all at by that point in the season, where she just throws the food everywhere and just lose. I honestly, it's it's exactly how I felt in that moment. And I was so glad that she did it. I, I wrote, it's exactly the reaction. I feel like either of us were doing a reality show where it's like, I've had enough. And you just like throw out this like, food. Like you just take it off a foot off the table and let it go and then like immediately yep. apologize and start clearing up your own mess and then immediately clear it like, up i'm so sorry i don't know what came over me exactly <laughs> exactly i would never be brave enough to like break a glass yeah. or throw something but like tip a bowl of crisps over on the table i'm there i'm yeah. like how's that <laughs> whoa oh. <laughs> and then like sorry that i just really lost my temper there <laughs> i won't do it again but god i'm cross <laughs> I had, years ago, I remember telling friends a story about how I'd lost my temper in rehearsals with a boy and everyone was like, I was like, and I just saw red. And everyone was like, what did you do? And I was like, I mouthed, don't do that. (laughs) That's like the most I've ever lost my temper with anyone. The most I lost my temper, I got really sniffy with a co-worker a couple of years ago and she was a new hire. And on the very first day, she said something very snippy to me. And my most cross I've ever got was very Eileen Davidson, where I was like, don't be snippy to me. How dare you? <laughs> don't shush me. And I spent the whole thing. I was like, I have to have a lie down now. Yeah. The blood has like all gone to my head. I'm dizzy. Like, I, I can't believe I got so cross. I like, I blanked out. She didn't even hear me. She was deaf in that ear. Yeah. <laughs> which I only found out like six months later. That's so us. So I was like, well, I'm glad she didn't hear that. Because if she were to, have, then yeah. that would have. She'd have needed a lie yeah. down. <laughs> It could have it could have all blown up. I had it last week. We had tech on this show. And we're in thirteen hour days. We were in till ten p.m. every night. Everyone was just broken, crying, shouting. So just like it was kind of rock bottom for everyone. And there was this one point where I just needed to change my bra into my show bra. And there's just always like fifteen people in our dressing room. Well, at this point, there was always lots of people because it we were in tech and it means that there's just like always there's like dresses trying to take people's costumes in and out there's people trying to wig people then there's the sound guys who are always walking and being like is anyone ready to be put in a mic and you're just like no and there's already also more of us in the dressing room than the room is meant to fit and anyway i just really needed to change my bra and i'd managed to kind of keep it together all week and i could just feel like i was wanting to scream but what was coming out was like is there just is there just, a, just a five minutes to just i just really need to change my underwear and i was like and i spent my whole day off being like oh my god i was such a bitch being like oh my god i can't believe i i can't believe i lost it like that the cast will never be the same never so yeah um so um, neither of us would have behaved like Joe Gorga, who it's like a beautiful reminder of operatic Joe, also from the baptism brawl. A hundred percent. Exactly. And he's like pounding his fists on the table and he's like, fuck that piece of shit. Yes. Put my mother in the grave. Talking about Joe Judice. Oh, yes. It's like suddenly we're in very Shakespearean diatribe territory. Very Shakespearean. Just, oh, he giveth in abundance. Then we also have, although maybe I already missed this bit, but then we also have that Jen shares that at the boys' night... Joe Benugo, mm-hmm. whatever his name yeah. is that I can never remember. Yeah. <laughs> Benuego. Um Beningo. He said he had also heard the rumour. What do you think about that? This ties into the reunion as well. It kind of comes up again there. But the reunion that, that haven't I haven't seen, seen, by the way. Um but what happens in the reunion is the end of the first part is a cliffhanger where Jen says Teresa heard the rumour from Margaret. 
So there's like a bit of a oh spoiler a, alert a red flag. I mean, it doesn't really go anywhere because like all of Team New School oh. kind of just say Jen, you're lying. But part of me thinks that it might be true, and I think that on some level Jackie knows that, but it doesn't behoove her to. Do you think he? Do you think he ha- is? Cheating? I don't think he is cheating. I don't. No, I actually I don't. I do wonder whether the rumor did start with Teresa or I don't know. I just think it's, isn't it just par for the course, isn't it? If you're a moderately good looking husband on The Real Housewives these days, there's going to be a season where there's a rumor about you cheating. I guess. I just think he's so low key. I just think he's very, what I will say about Joe Bingo is that (laughs) I think he gets off very scot-free because this is one of those things that drives me nuts. And I've said it before. It's a very Tamara Judge way of relaying information where they made it seem like Joe was very sort of sheepish and saying like, oh, I actually did hear that as well. But that wasn't how he said it. If you cut back to the episode, he's like sitting back and he's like, I heard it too. And he's kind of loving it that he was the one to relay this information and yeah. stirring up trouble. But Marge is very quick to make it seem like, oh, but he heard me also, and the girls talk is, about it and he doesn't, yeah. But this is also the problem with this whole thing of them filming the men, which also I'm so sick of. Get I'm rid of them. so bored of, like, I don't yeah. care. But something like that is a good, and also it's so stupid because the men's thing is always like, the women just, Jesus, they never stop with the drama. You're all talking about the same drama. Like, They're such fucking gossips, yeah. You're, it's, They're as catty uh, as any of them. Anyway, exactly. So it, Jen yeah. relays that Joe knew the rumour. And so Jackie's then really upset with Margaret and Joe. Margaret sort of flies off at Joe and then flies off at Jackie. It's so one of those like drunken teenage parties exactly. where like, the emotion's so intense and everyone's like, no, I'm annoyed with it. No, I'm annoyed with you. And like no one can keep track of who's annoyed with who. Exactly. Margaret, yeah. She's like yelling at Jackie in defense of her husband, yelling at her husband in defense of Jackie. It's great. If you haven't seen the episode, I really recommend that you go back and watch it. And one of the best things is that at the end is just Dolores and Frank just like shell shocked to the end of being like, whew, good party. <laughs> like Good old stable Dolores. Good. We just we, <laughs> we missed a couple them. of gems that I just want to pick over before we get to like the big blow up. Teresa once again really sets herself up to have the audacity to go around the table and individually ask each woman if she's ever treated them like shit when she's terrorized at least half of the group is astounding. So Teresa's like no, I don't treat you like an asshole. Like, Dolores, do I treat you like an asshole? No. Jen, do I treat you like an asshole? No. Margaret, have I ever been an asshole to you? Well, you had my hair pulled. All right, you can have that. Melissa, have I been an asshole to you? Well, you called me a stripper. Okay, fine. Danielle, have I been an asshole to you? Well, you did chase me through a country club, Teresa. Kathy, have I ever been an asshole to you? Well, you did steal my mother's pizzellis, Teresa. <laughs> Kathy, Caroline, have I been an asshole to you? You called me one sixteenth Italian. <laughs> I just thought there's like a conga line of housewives waiting in the wings to just like slap <laughs> Teresa in. And like she's such a glutton for punishment oh. by setting herself up again by going, I'm a confident person, yes so not. And then Jackie being like, did you get that confidence in jail? And it's just so... It was very good. Thank you. It's just so satisfying to see Jackie in her third year of dealing with Teresa finally cotton on to Teresa's rules. How to do it, Just yeah. go low, get grimy. I know, totally. Go for her kids and going to jail. Those are the only things that really get to her. Exactly. And then weirdly, it means that they move past it so quickly. After, yeah. Like, Evan arrives, Teresa's kind of done with it, and then they just get on quite well for the rest of the season. Madness. I do think it does come down to, though, Dolores getting involved and being like, Teresa, you've got to end it, if nothing else, because Jackie's 
like look at her right now like jackie looks like she's yeah. on a four-day bender she's crying she's got snot coming out of her nose her hair sticking out in five different directions yeah she's on her deathbed right now like you're gonna kill her if you carry on going on like this yeah her hair is like a symbolic cue for how like the slow demise of her state of mind it's like the frizzier her hair gets the more the further into complete insanity she slides that's quite what i've been like over the last two <laughs> weeks of like tech and previews <laughs> just like I've just slowly descending into like worse and worse hair. And the bags under my eyes have just got like bigger and bigger. I sent Mace a picture the other day saying I'm so tired. And she just wrote back saying, yeah, your eyes look so tired. Yeah, you look shit. Cheers. (laughs) So what else happens that season for us to wrap up? Nothing happens. I mean, all we get is... Good. (laughs) I just want to talk briefly about the Joe and Melissa thing. I think that one of the oh, yeah. reasons that the season suffers in the latter half is that because the Jackie drama is wrapped up so incredibly quickly, there's almost, it's like it's caught mm-hmm. everyone off guard and they have nowhere to go. And the producers are sort of forced by lack of options to really narrow yes. in on the Joe and Melissa made up storyline, which has become tradition, which normally is just like a little sideshow, but now all of a sudden it has to be center stage. Yeah. However, even though it's clearly been made up and it's like bad improv, I do think there's a bit more truth to it than the long lost sister or the I want to have a baby storyline. Yeah, I think that Joe was much happier with the way it was. And I think that he really struggles with the autonomy and attention and independence that Melissa has. Yeah, for Melissa as well. I think she's changed a lot over the years and the more... The longer she's been on the show, the more the scope of her ambition has opened up, the lower her tolerance has gotten for Joe's misogyny. I think she's outgrowing him and I think he sees that and it puts him on the defensive. But I think it's less in a way about the tension between Joe and Melissa, but I think a lot of it is about the tension Joe has within within himself, where he's dealing with these two competing desires. One is to just be that Italian dad and husband who has Mm -hmm. his wife stay at home all the time and just give him babies. Mm -hmm. And then also someone who's just a bit of a fame whore and kind of loves being on TV and knows that his wife is his meal ticket and he can't reconcile the two. Exactly. And he's sort of, uh, he's displacing a lot of that internal frustration, I think, onto Melissa. I think that's so true. And I really don't, and I really don't like the way he talks to Dolores about the David thing. It's like he projects onto Dolores all this talk about the need of a man and the need of that security in a way where I'm like, I think she's fine. She and Frank are being paid a lot. She's got whatever situation. So you think she is fine? Like, because I, I kind of took it in. Yeah, I mean, like, I know that everyone's confused because it's like she wanted that thing for David, but she, but I'm also, I'm just not that interested. And I don't, I think that they're all a bit like dog with a bone with it in a way where... Dog with a bone. It works for her. So, mm. and if it doesn't, then she'll leave. I don't think it needs addressing particularly. I think because Dolores is quite stony, she's quite scary. And I think she isn't quite held to account in a way that a lot of other housewives would for someone who's witted on for the last four years about how old school and traditional they are to then just suddenly be like, this is a non-traditional setup and I'm fine with that. You need to have a bit of an explanation. And I think, I do actually think Joe, don't get me wrong, calling Dolores a ruined woman is such a misogynistic thing I couldn't believe it. But I think there is a kernel of truth in the, I do think that Dolores has lowered her romantic expert. I think Jackie puts it quite well. She says something like... She has, but I think that's what happens in life. I like, I just, I think what I found depressing about this ruined woman thing is I was like, yes, because men are awful. And I don't feel that dissimilar to Dolores in terms of after a certain amount of experience with men, you do think, you know what? I'll take being fine right now. Yeah, And that is awful. But 
what are you going to do? <laughs> That's very Joe Judice of you. Oh, so what? Who cares? What are you going to do? Exactly. What are you going exactly. to do? Exactly. I am very Joe Judice. So I just have a couple of points about this reunion and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. So yeah, as I said previously, Jen brings up this bombshell that she thinks that Margaret is involved in the rumor. Regardless of whether Jackie believes it or not, I think if she were a really good housewife and really went there, she would have used this Mm -hmm. as a cue to have a falling out with Margaret and possibly Melissa and then go and change allegiances with team old school. Even if you on a personal level think it's bullshit, I just think as a TV performer, that was like a real missed opportunity for Mm -hmm. nothing else just to give a new dynamic going into the new season. It's such a, again, it's a very, it's a very Tamra move to suddenly break up with your friend and then make an allegiance with your, your sworn nemesis. Yes, that would have been clever. I think her standing as a housewife would have skyrocketed. And then uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention about the reunion is that we have Louis come out and he brings out a little pineapple cocktail for Teresa. The way Andy introduced it, he's like, oh, Teresa, we have a gift for you. Come on out. And then it's Louis, and it's meant to be a big surprise. And Teresa, she's like, ah, that's so nice. Did you know it was coming? And it's like, yes, that was... The surprise wasn't the pineapple cocktail. The surprise was that it's your boyfriend's here, and he's bringing it... Like, he was just an... Yeah, you're an idiot. And you can see Andy his eyes light up because like Louis comes out, he's like beetroot red. He's like chewing, chewing gum when he knows he's being filmed on a TV show. He's just like so skeezy. And you can tell Andy's eyes are lighting up at the thought. He knows this is Brooks 2.0. Like in a couple of seasons time, Teresa's going to be in on a cancer scam and he's like, positively rubbing his little hands together at oh, the thought of it. I haven't met Louis yet. So is oh, he have... awful? Is he skeezy? I mean, I'll be intrigued to see what you think. He just, He's a grifter. <laughs> Our favourite word. Our favourite. I can't wait. He's in, at the stage right now of like classic love bombing Teresa. And I have no doubt that this next season that's going to start airing, we're then going to start seeing Scary Louie. But I'll be intrigued to see what you think about it. Maybe you'll have a different take on it to me. That's so exciting. I may have to go and finish mm-hmm. the season now. I'm right at the end. I'm on the last episode, so I'm about to meet him. Say hi from me. Thank you for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating, or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. Right, I'm off to laugh at some more funerals. You're a real piece of work.